Timothy 2, 1 to 7. I urge, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority, so that you can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus, who gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And I have been chosen as a preacher and apostle to teach the Gentiles this message about faith and truth. I'm not exaggerating, just telling the truth. Father, we just pray your blessing on your word here this morning, your blessing on your people that are watching us today and who are here today. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I just want to share with you about going forward uh, as a church. It's something that uh, we as a staff and a board have spent a, a lot of time on in these last few years, focusing on where we're going and what we want to see happen in our church. And we looked at the way we do things. We looked at our ministries, our outreaches. We looked at our finances, our budgets. We looked at our visions, our mission statements. We reevaluated just about everything. That's the kind of uh, what we've really done, taking that time to do so. And our, our vision statement, we, got, we revised that one to say that everyone in the Lakeland region will be invited and welcomed as part of our family. And so if you're new here today or you're visiting us here today and you're from the Lakeland region, uh, we want you to know that you are welcome and to be a part of this church, to be a part of this family. Sometimes people come and they wonder, can I go to your church? Uh, what does the person have to do to go to your church? I said, just come. You're welcome to come. And so if you're new here today and uh, we just want to say that's part of our vision statement. You are welcome in this place and to be welcome to be part of our family. And we do. We want everyone to feel welcome to come to this church. Uh, we recognize that people that come to our church uh, uh, come from really a radius of about an hour away in all directions and sometimes even more. And we believe our church is to have influence and impact uh, on an area greater than just St. Paul here, but in this Lakeland region. And we also recognize that there are many uh, cultures uh, that are in our Lakeland region. And again, we want to welcome everyone. And so if you're from a different ethnic background, if you're from a different culture or whatever, uh, you are welcome in this place. And as you look around, there's a diversity that you can see right here in our church. And uh, that's a message that we want to get across. Everybody is welcome to be a part of this church and be a part of this family. Our mission statement, uh, we adjusted that to say to reach out and raise up committed followers of Christ. And of course, that comes from the Great Commission that Jesus left for all churches and for all followers. Matthew 28, 19 to 20, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I am given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of of the age. And that's something that's important for us as a church. We want to make sure that we're reaching out to our Lakeland region and beyond to tell people about Jesus and to give people that opportunity to grow in Christ and to become disciples of Christ. Then as we came with COVID, that kind of threw a wrench into our plans and we had a lot of things planned that kind of got thrown out the door. And uh, But 
that got us scrambling to do some new things that we hadn't been doing before. And one of those, of course, being uh, being online. And uh, I must admit, I've been surprised at uh, the amount of people that do watch us online and how that we get people some, uh, from across Canada. Uh, we get people in the United States. We've had people, even a person from the UK. And, uh, and I continue to get surprised when I'm walking around the community or walking in town or sometimes I'm in another city and people come up to you and say, hey, you know, I've been watching you online and I've been kind of surprised by that, that, you know, there's a lot of great churches out there that people can be watching and so very thankful that some people are choosing to watch us. And so thank you to all those people that are watching us today online. Uh, we really do appreciate that and uh, we're thankful that we can extend our reach, uh, reaching out to around actually the world. So uh, praise God for that. And now that these COVID restrictions are gone, we're wanting to get back to some of the things that we had planned. And uh, one of the things that we really want to work on is being family again and uh, creating activities uh, that we can be come together as family, as friends, and uh, to bind us together, uh, to be worshiping together, to pray together, loving on one another. We really want to encourage that. And uh, we got some speakers that we'd like to line up as well uh, coming up in the year too. And uh, a diversity of speakers uh, to minister to the diversity of our church. And so we uh, do thank you uh, that you've been making that possible. We thank you for your gifts, your offerings uh, that you've been giving uh, throughout this time. And uh, that's been really, really helpful. And uh, we just thank you for your generosity uh, over this past few years. Uh, we really do appreciate all of the blessings that you are to us. Anyway, as I was thinking about uh, our church and, and the things that we're wanting to do, my devotional time, I, came, I was reading in 1 Timothy, and I came across this chapter in chapter 2, and as I was reading these verses, I thought, you know, these verses really describe what we would like to do as a church to move forward. And, and so that's what I want to talk to you about uh, for these next few moments, is just to talk to you about some of the things that are valuable to us, things that we want to do as a church to continue to move forward. And, and the first piece of advice that we see here in the scripture that we want to apply to ourselves as a church is that we would be a church that would pray for all people. 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. We here at Bethel, we want to be more like family. And to do that, we need to be praying for one another even more than what we're doing. We're doing a great job praying for one another, but I think we really need to increase that. As wanting to be as a family, a family is concerned about one another. And so we want to be concerned about what concerns you and what you're going through. And we want to be praying uh, for you. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, people say, hey, pray for me, and, and we do, but sometimes it's like a 30-second prayer before we forget that they ask us to pray, you know, we, we say, Lord Jesus, just be with so-and-so, and then you kind of can forget about it. And, uh, you know, it's good that you prayed a 30-second prayer, but we need to step that up to, you know, to continue to pray for people, that we don't stop praying for them, that every day that we come before God in our prayer time, we need to keep praying for those people that have come to us and say, could you pray for me? Or, or people that we know in our congregation that we know are, are going through difficult times or 
going through sickness, disease, or whatever it might be, financial problems, that we would pray for them. And we need to take prayer seriously. We need to take praying for each other seriously. The Bible says you need to intercede, and intercession is more than just a, a little prayer. It's staying at prayer. It's continuing to keep coming before God. It's kind of filling in the, the gap for people to pray for them. It's uh, getting in the game, not sitting on the sideline, but praying for people. We're, as we intercede, we're purposely putting ourselves in the gap. Uh, to pray for people. You know, a lot of times as people go through trials, sometimes the trial is just so hard that they, they just can't pray. They, they just can't get their thoughts together. They can't uh, get a focus. Uh, and, and they just struggle with praying. We need to be in the gap praying for them. Or when people get sick, sometimes when you get sick, uh, you're not in a place that you can really pray. And so that's where we need to be stepping up to the plate and praying, just like this Lucy lady that's in a hospital. Uh, she's sedated, and so obviously she can't be praying right now. So we need to be praying for her. Or sometimes accidents happen, and people aren't able to pray. So uh, or emotional things that people are going through where they can't pray. We need to stand in the gap and to pray one for another. And we pray for all people. You know, we, we shouldn't be worried about, well, it's this culture or that culture or this ethnic background or that ethnic background. Bible says pray for all people. So if you hear of a need, no matter what your background is or where you come from, pray for them. Pray for them. Because God says we're to pray for all people. We need to be concerned enough as a church and for the people around us that we will pray for them. And I'm thankful that as a church, uh, we often do that. We often pray for people and needs uh, around our world and our community. Uh, a lot of people will call our church uh, they don't go to our church, but they'll call our church and say, could, could you guys pray for us? I, I know you've got people in your church that really pray. And uh, we do that. And, but that needs to be something that all of us do, that we would pray for all the needs that we see all around us. Not just what's here in church, not just in our own family, but needs that we hear all around us. We need to bring those things to God and prayer. And as a church here, we want people to feel an important enough that, yes, we'll pray for you. Are you important enough for us to take some time to pray for you? Yes, you are. And we want you to realize that, that you are important to us and that we want to go that extra mile to intercede and contend for you in prayer. And especially if you're at that place where you're, you're in a, a deep hole where you don't even know what to do. Well, we want to be in that gap to be praying for you. We need to pray and, and use every kind of prayer that we can think of. And, you know, praying as the Spirit of God would lead us, praying the, the Word of God, praying the Scriptures, praying privately, praying while fasting, praying with others, praying corporately. And, and if you're a Pentecostal and you speak in tongues, then pray speaking in tongues. Uh, we need to be praying one for another and use every valuable uh, resource that is out there to be praying for one another. Bible wants us, it says, to be alert, to be looking for areas where we need to be praying. You know, sometimes we're so focused on all the things that we're going through ourselves that we don't recognize that there's things happening in other people's lives where they really need us to pray. And so we want to be doing that. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. 
And that's something that we want to do. We want to be consistent and praying one for another, praying for the needs that are all around us. And then it adds here about as we pray, it says, and be thankful as you pray for them. Give thanks for people. Take time to thank God for that person. Thanksgiving is the uh, doorway that opens uh, the heavens to hear us. Uh, God says, come into his presence, what? With thanksgiving. And, and that's what we want to do. And as we come with thanksgiving, it helps us to appreciate the person we're praying for that much more. And so as we're praying for somebody and, and asking for whatever the, the need is or the miracle that is needed, say, and say, Lord, I just thank you for this person. They're like, they've been such a blessing to me, God. Uh, Lord, they've done this for me or they've done for that. Or Lord, I see them doing these things and they're a testimony. And, and we start giving thanks to God. It's kind of like a, putting on that filter of thanksgiving that helps us to focus our prayers on others. And so as a church, we want to move forward and continue to pray one for another, to intercede, to believe for miracles that are needed. And there's lots of miracles that are needed as we look around our congregation, as we look around our communities. There's lots of miracles that are needed, lots of things that we can be praying about for God to intervene. And so that's what we want to do as a church. We want to raise that bar of praying one for another. And then a secondary advice for the church and moving forward, is to pray for those in authority. Now, as soon as we think of that, there's uh, lots of things that can kind of fill our minds where we're not always in agreement with people in authority. And so sometimes we, we kind of write that authority off because, well, I don't agree with you. And so since I don't agree with you, I'm not going to pray for you. Well, the Bible says that shouldn't really matter. It says pray for those in authority. Whether you agree with them or not, you're to be praying for people who are in positions of authority. 1 Timothy 2, 2, it says, Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. And, you know, sometimes I think we get a little carried away with uh, our opinions and our criticisms, especially after going through COVID. I think everybody's been kind of guilty on that one, our opinions and criticisms. Uh, of people in authority, you know, but maybe that's just the very reason why God says, I want you to be praying for them. Because God recognizes that we can kind of go down those rabbit trails of criticisms and opinions and all those kinds of things when God says, you know, if you would start praying for those people in authority, we'll start changing your opinions and what you think of them. And so I, I think that's uh, kind of a neat little thing. You know, it gets a little hard to criticize someone that you're actually praying for. Just think about that for a moment. If you're praying for that person, it gets a little bit hard to start criticizing them, doesn't it? And that goes for political leaders right now, civil leaders, church leaders, any area of leadership, like your boss, maybe your school teacher, maybe the mayor, counselors, or the indigenous chief, or the police, and so forth. There's lots of leaders and people of authority that are out there and God says, I want you to be praying for all of them, all of them, not just the top person. I want you to pray for all of them. Anyone who's in any kind of leadership that we're to be praying for them. And, and I think God's trying to help us with perspective and, and, you know, putting on some different glasses that we might see things differently as we start praying for people who are in authority. 
And so as a church, we want to be praying for all those in authority from federal to provincial to municipal to civil, uh, our churches. We do want to pray for our pastors, our staff, our board, our, our worship leaders and their teams and their families, our, our children, the children's church, the children's ministries and youth ministries and ushers, greeters, anyone who's doing anything in the church, we should be praying for them and uh, thanking God for them. And as we do that, I tell you, it gives you a whole different perspective sometimes about how to pray and appreciation grows within our hearts. And the purpose of our prayers, the Bible says, is that we might live in peace without the turmoil and chaos that can happen. And, and we all realize that chaos and turmoil can happen anywhere. And any form of leadership that is out there, even in churches, can go through chaos at times. Well, the Bible says that's why I want you to be praying for those leaders, because God doesn't want to see chaos. God doesn't want to see unrest in our communities or in our churches. So when we become aware of that, to be praying for that, we pray for peace and that our leaders would have wisdom in dealing with all the things that rise up that cause unrest, whether it's in our churches, whether it be in our communities, whether that be in our nation, uh, whatever it might be, God calls us to be praying for them. And we'll also be praying for godliness, uh, that godliness will be upheld along with dignity and respect for one another. And as we look at our world that we've gone through in these last few years, there's been a lot of attack on our dignity and respect for one another. And so the Bible has been telling us all along, well, you need to be praying about that. Pray about that. Pray about the leaders that uh, God will give them wisdom uh, to, to deal with all these matters, that there would be godly standards that would be upheld and that there would be respect for all people. And so those things are important for us to be praying. Those things uh, God is concerned about. And uh, so we need to be praying that, that there be peace and calm and quiet. And it's something, the Bible says, that actually pleases God. God's happy about that when we do those kinds of things. So it's really wonderful that we can do that. So may we as a church apply this truth and pray even more for the leaders who are in authority over us, praying that God will indeed touch them, give them wisdom, and move in their hearts and in their lives. And then thirdly, from this passage of Scripture, we have the advice to pray for salvations. If we want to see our churches move forward, we need to be praying for salvations. You know, sometimes the reason why our churches are not growing is because we don't bother to even pray for new people. We're not praying that new people would come. We're just kind of focused on ourselves and what we want, what we enjoy, and if we're not careful, we can you know, follow all these kinds of good plans and all that kind of stuff. But if we're not praying for new people to come to faith in Jesus Christ, we're really missing it. And so we want to be doing that. We want to be praying for people to be saved, people to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, for people to come to faith in Jesus. 1 Timothy 2, 3 and 4 says, This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. And so a church is not to be a country club. It's to be a place where we reach out to people and pray for new people to come to faith in Jesus Christ. God desires that everyone would be saved. That's his desire, everyone. That everyone means you. If you've been wondering that, I wonder if 
could God forgive me? Could, could God touch me? Can I have a relationship with God? Yes, God desires to have a relationship with every one of us in this whole world. Everyone. And so God desires no one to perish. He desires everyone to come to that place of repentance, of salvation, because God has a heart for everyone. And that's exactly what 2 Peter 3, 9 says. The Lord isn't being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So it's very important uh, for us as a church that we want to give opportunity for people to have faith in Jesus Christ and come to that place of faith, to experience salvation because it's something all of us need. And so we want that. Not only to experience salvation, but to understand salvation, the truth of the gospel message. And so we, as we pray for people, we're praying for the understanding. They might have understanding. We, we teach things. We teach from the Bible to help people with that understanding. And this is kind of our, our, our vision statement as well, that we welcome everyone to be part of the church to experience Jesus. It's not a, an exclusive, uh, exclusive club here. This is about extending it to everybody and to anyone that you are welcome in this church because we're doing what God has called us to do, to preach that message of salvation to everyone. So salvations need to be a major part of our prayers. Include that every day, that as you're praying, include that part where, Lord, I just pray for new people to come to our church. I pray for new people that they would encounter God and they would get saved. Lord, I, I pray that you would introduce me to new people, that I would have an opportunity to talk to people about God, to talk to people about Jesus, that I might be able to share and, and be part of this work that, God, you desire for our area. And so that's something important for us to be praying about, that we would see people respond to salvation. Then a fourth piece of advice from this passage for a church to move forward is preach Jesus. 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6. For there's one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. There's a very clear message that the church is to be preaching, and that message is Jesus. If any church wants to move forward and grow, it must preach Jesus. Jesus. There's only one mediator between mankind and God, and that is Jesus Christ. There's only one person who did something about sin, choosing to die in our place that we might have life. He paid the price for our freedom on a cross, died on our behalf to pay for the wages of sin, which the Bible said is death. But the gift of God is what? Jesus Christ. And he offers us true life. So not only did he die for our sins, he also proved who he was and that he had power over life and death. He rose from the grave. He ascended into the heavens. So we know that we can trust him. He is the only one that has done that. We hear that in John chapter 14. <clears throat> Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. There is no other way to heaven. I know that's not politically correct. We're so concerned about being politically correct today. Well, let me tell you, the gospel is not politically correct, according to the world. 
There's one way, and that way is through Jesus Christ. And that's what every church needs to be preaching. That's what we as a church here at Bethel, we will preach about Jesus Christ. If you don't want to hear about Jesus, then don't come to this church. If you want to hear about Jesus, you're all welcome to come and hear. Every church that wants to move forward must preach Jesus is the way. Acts 4.12, there is salvation and no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And as we get more and more intelligent and, you know, we, we can see out in space and the vastness of space, you know, maybe there's aliens, maybe there's other saviors out there. Well, they decided to cover that in the Bible. There is salvation and no one else, no other name under heaven by which you must be saved. So you find new worlds all you want. There's still one Savior. That Savior is Jesus Christ. And it's not a denomination that will save you. It's not a church that's going to save you. Sadly, you know, there's been many who place their a misdirected faith in a church or in a person. And that was never to be the message of the church. The message of the church is about Jesus. Jesus saves. Not the church, not a denomination, not some person. Jesus saves. We want to introduce people to Jesus Christ. He's the message that we preach at this church. That's the truth that all churches actually should be preaching because that's, again, that's part of the mission of the church to reach out, tell people about Jesus, that they may become committed followers of Christ. And so that's important to us. We want to continue to keep preaching Jesus here at this church at Bethel. Then lastly, and moving forward as a church, we must preach the truth. 1 Timothy 2.7, And I've been chosen as a preacher and an apostle to teach the Gentiles this message about faith and truth. I'm not exaggerating, I'm just telling you the truth. You know, sometimes as churches, we can get caught up in programs and philosophies and ideas where they become our focus instead of the truth of the Bible and what the Bible says, and what the message of the Bible is, which is about Jesus. You know, we here as a church, uh, yes, we are open to programs and ideas and different ways that we can do things, but our, our, our focus remains constant. We will preach Jesus, and we will follow what the Bible says, what the Word of God is, for the Word of God is truth. That's important to us. The Bible is still very important to us as a church. And again, I know that's not being politically correct either because people don't want to believe in a bunch of different kinds of books and philosophies. Well, we hold to the word of God and to the scriptures. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong, teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That's important to us. The Bible says it's important. It's inspired. We believe it. We hold to it. The word of God is very, very important to us in this church. And if we're going to move forward, then we need to hold to the word of God, the Bible, and preach that truth, apply that truth. That's the goal of our church. That's what we desire to do as a church. So as we close, we are a church that we want to excel more in these areas. We want to be a better family. We want to focus on being more concerned about one another and praying for one another more. And I really think that's a big step 
uh, to make our church better, to be praying for one another more. We also want to be more aware and prone to pray for those in leadership. Uh, I really believe that that helps us. It's like putting on a new set of goggles when you start praying for your leaders. It helps you to see things differently when you start to pray for them. We want to be reaching out to people that they would come to faith in Christ. And, you know, thank God for the uh, Internet that, you know, now we're online, that people can hear that message from further away. But that doesn't stop us from spreading the message ourselves. We still have the responsibility as individuals to be spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and so let's keep doing that. Let's keep preaching, proclaiming, broadcasting, telling people that genuine faith comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is the way to heaven. We need to keep preaching Jesus because he saves, he heals, he satisfies. And we've got to continue to preach the word of God. Uh, the Bible is our text. It's our textbook, it's our guidebook, it's our map. And uh, to move forward, we need to continue to hold to the word of God.